once you start flipping into that abundance mindset yeah. instead of a scarcity mindset, your life shifts, your life changes, and you no longer have to worry about feeling pressured into any sort of situation. Absolutely. But it's that abundance mindset that so many people struggle to, to get to. going everybody this is Sean Barnes welcome back to the channel seeing me at a Porsche dealership is probably a little bit of a surprise I have been more of an American muscle car guy over the years but a good friend of mine Dustin Sanchez is picking up his very first supercar he's picking up a Porsche 911 Carrera T and we figured let's go ahead and capture this experience and this moment for him. So let's go get it done. Yeah, good yeah. paperwork out of it. Okay, that GG3 RS is sick. I don't know what the actual color is called for those wheels. Say like a lime green almost, but this would be a fun car. If it was in silver, hmm, yeah.
All right, not a big fan of Baby Blue, but doesn't look that bad. Not exactly my style, so I'll pass on it. Color's just not quite right. Ninety-two. Is that a is that a an important number for Porsche? I don't I don't know. Is that Herbie? I don't. No, that's not right. I don't think that's right. This is a nice dealership, though. The experience here, I think, is what's important. And I think that's part of what you buy. When you end up with a high-end car like this, part of the experience of owning it is really the experience of owning a badass car. Being able to come pick it up from a dealership, get free car washes for life, get get a chance to buy a car from a showroom like this. It's pretty impressive, I gotta say. This is a Porsche Targa 4S, and it looks almost identical to the Carrera T that's over there that Dustin just bought. So I think this is the problem that I have, or the reason I struggle with Porsches, is from the outside looking in, they're all kind of the same car. And I have a feeling this is gonna get a lot of people triggered but I don't know to help me understand what are the unique identifiers for each of these cars you could have one that's a hundred thousand another that's three hundred and fifty thousand and they're all kind of similar on the outside now the GT3 RS that's in the showroom definitely a different car you can see 
the huge wing on the back, all the, the vents for cooling, louvers, all of that stuff on there, that's a badass ride. But the rest of the, the Porsche fleet, they just look very similar. And I think there's something to be said for standards and consistency, but I don't know. I don't know. And then I don't have in internet, so like nothing's uploading for me. All right, about to drive home, just waiting on a swag bag. I'm glad all you guys could join me. I have zero internet here at Porsche River Oaks. So you're gonna see this later once I get some signal. Sean Barnes, my leg day specialist is with me. Also, he's playing videographer today. Get and, some good uh, content. We got some good content. It's gonna be on YouTube, gonna be on Instagram. Go follow me at Dustin Sanchez TV on both of those platforms. Peace out, everybody. that way do you think uh i don't believe so well you can go back the way we came That's what oh that's one way yeah so going out this way well i'm going to go that way and flip a, a b all right you look excited how's yeah. it feel it feels great because i'm thinking about when i was an undergrad engineering I used to drive this way all the time in my beat-up Saturn four-door. <laughs> and uh, there's like an exotic car place up here. Yep. I used to think like, man, one day I'm going to get one of these. So just reminiscing. It's like a dream come true, man. You know, it's crazy how as we progress through life and we accomplish the things that... Sometimes we never really thought we could, or you had a dream or an aspiration to to buy an exotic car, right. and here we are now in your first supercar. Driving past this. Driving place. past the dealership with all these other supercars. Yeah, it's super cool, man. It was great that I got to bring my brother. You know, he's three years sober, and uh, really proud of him. I played a role in it. I got to bring my two workout partners, my accountant. I got to bring the people that helped me get here, dude. That's awesome. It just makes me feel so good about this situation. So. Well, I think it's cool that you're so focused on bringing these people with you. In a quarter mile, not enough right people to focus take on that. Right. I-610 South, I-610 North, Javier Why is it that you're wanting to bring people airport. with you this time? Again, I keep going back, and I said this on our second, the second time you had me on your podcast. Only a selfish man gets where he's going and didn't bring anybody with him. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a war on masculinity right now. And part of that strategy is to separate us and have us alone. And I just want to fight against that as much as I can. Use the right lane to take exit 123 for I-610 South. Build community among men. That's kind of my goal. Just hang out with as many like-minded, motivated men as I possibly can. And just build a community and level each other up together. And this is part of that. 
me and Ron train every week and we make each other better. You and I, when we're healthy, we hit leg day, we make each other better. What if, you know, I didn't even want to work out today, but Ron was there and I was like, I can't let Ron see me tap out on leg day, so I'm gonna go hard. And then we had the best freaking leg day. What if everywhere you were, you had your boys with you, just pushing you forward in finance and integrity and honesty and business, you know, and, and, and you're in this business deal and you're like, I can't let Sean see me punk out on this business deal. I'm gonna give it everything I got. Yeah. We do it at the gym, but I wanna expand that to your whole life and just level up faster than we ever thought possible. And that's why I bought my boys with me on this to come purchase this portion. Do you think enough men out there want that? Not right now, because the, the lie is that we all bought into the Lone Ranger myth. The hero, the lone hero, and that's bull crap. That exists in the movies. Everyone I know, the last three years I've been on a journey to just spend money, invest money in getting close to people who are successful. All of them have teams, every last one of them. And we all bought into this myth that we're supposed to be the Lone Ranger out here. And it's a lie. And I just want to change the narrative. I want it to be okay for men to ask for help and to team up. I think part of that narrative and the issue is there's a whole lot of content being pushed out there. Put your head down, grind away. Don't tell anybody what you're doing. Let your results speak for themselves. And I gotta say, I think that's kind of the wrong approach. Because at that point, nobody can hold you accountable. You told me that you were gonna be coming to buy this car. And then all of a sudden it became real. Exactly. I can't punk out exactly. and back out of this buying this expensive supercar, right? I've made a commitment, I'm gonna deliver. I'm gonna get it done. And I think we need more people to start focusing on that. Not just men, just everybody in general. Start focusing on being okay with calling your shots and telling people, this is what my goal is. This is what my mission is. And I suspect a lot of it comes from a fear of, well, what if I don't get it? Are they gonna judge me? Are they gonna look down on me because right. I couldn't accomplish it? Well, maybe you need that. Because people are normalizing complacency and normalizing mediocrity we've got to focus on being better right you know when perfection is the expectation what you get is nobody's afraid nobody has the courage to move forward because they don't want to fall short of perfection and we're just doing a disservice to ourselves get out there and fall flat on your face okay take your lumps take your losses because success is built on failure Success is not built on perfection after perfection. You fail, you adjust, you reiterate, you move forward. The way you get data is you do stuff that doesn't work, yeah. didn't work. Yeah. You know, and if I tell someone like you, someone who I respect, that I'm going to do something, that's the accountability. I can't let a man who I respect see me not hold my word. Yeah. You know, and that's why we're sitting here driving together right now. <laughs> All right. You want to get real? Yeah. This is the best version of you I've ever seen. When you Thank came you. on the podcast a year ago and were hardcore, 
all, waking up at 4 a.m., going on, doing everything that you were doing and driving and pushing, I respected the hell out of you. It wasn't, it, it didn't quite feel like you. And, and we've talked a little bit about that. This version of you, I love seeing. I love seeing this version of you. And, and you went through some trials and tribulations and challenges. You injured your back really bad. And it took you out. It messed you up bad. And right. that was a challenge. And I've seen you come back from that into an even stronger version of yourself. And now, again, here we are driving this Porsche 911 Carrera T. Which is a beautiful car. I'm not a Porsche guy, but this thing is sick. I didn't want to like it, but I fucking love this thing. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, I'm so glad you say this version of me because what's so beautiful about that was I was experimenting, iterating, failing, and it's all public. And it's okay to get it wrong in public. We have to... That's the only way we move forward. You experiment, you reiterate, you get the data, you analyze the data, and you move forward. And I just love that you can go on my YouTube channel and see the early versions of me where I was failing and it's all public and recorded. Yep. And that makes a man relatable. Nobody can relate to the person who's never failed because we all fail all the time. And so many men are not reaching their potential because the fear of failing even a little bit keeps them from taking the first step yeah. any step yeah. and so I'm glad that those two podcasts were recorded and you could see something was off Dustin is not he's not quite in alignment with himself yep. here you know and but that's part of the journey yeah right you've got to figure out there were traits that your mentor showed you that you admired and respected and right. you tried them on and yeah. some of them fit and worked well some of them weren't quite right and that's something that i've experienced in in my career as a leader i can vividly recall a, a mentor of mine that he had a specific leadership style and delivered results i watched him for years and everywhere he went he fixed problems, he improved processes, he made the business profitable. It's like, it was like clockwork. And I tried to emulate him. And what I quickly recognized was I was not him. I was not retired military. I, I did not have that hardened background that he had. And it didn't feel natural and it didn't work for me. But what you've done is taken certain elements of these people that were mentors to you and have been and continue to be mentors to you. And you said, you know what? I admire and respect Wes for this. I admire and respect Ron for this and Sean for this. And then all of these people that have had a positive impact on your life. Um, and 290, get some driving in. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's important for people to understand that you can look up to and admire those that you respect and you can pick out certain traits that you like from them and that you respect and incorporate them into who you are 
but don't try to emulate that person in their entirety because you've lived a different life and you'll exactly. never be able to do it and be true to yourself. Right, and you make such a good point when you say you lived a different life. When I started working with Wes Watson, he taught me how he fixed himself. The issue was that I wasn't broken in the same way that he was. He used discipline to get off of drugs and alcohol, and I needed I needed to learn discipline, but I could only do it inside of his context. The second time we started working together, he said, Dustin, your real problem is you don't have any friends, okay? And he's absolutely right. All the discipline I learned transforming my body from what he said was an out of shape gummy bear to rip to shreds, now I'm taking that same discipline and focusing it toward building community. Now I'm fixing the problem I actually have, but I'm using the tools that he showed me, you know? And so that's why during that first iteration, I was using his tools to fix a problem I really didn't have, but I needed to learn how to use the tools. And now I have that, I know what it takes to be number one, consistent, and number two, disciplined, right? Disciplined, consistency over a long period of time. And I'm gonna use that to fix the problem I real, really have, which is this lack of community in my life. Bringing strong, like-minded men, men of integrity, into my life so that when I walk into a room, I'm not the only honest man there. Like I'm sick of walking into a room and being the only man there with something going on in this life. Yeah. And the reason that happens because I haven't built any or cultivated any honest men into my life. And uh, you probably have that same feeling when you walk into someone. We're just rare, yeah. right? And part of that is on us. We should be, number one, bringing people up that, that aren't there yet. And number two, getting around people that are there ourselves, you know? And this time when I hired Wes, it wasn't to get me into the best shape of my life. It was to give me the accountability to stay on the path of building this community. You know, uh, the first step was I went to buy this Porsche. I took you, I took Ron, I took my brother, my accountant showed up, all men. Uh, you and I are further along in our journey than those other guys, but we're bringing them with us, you know? My next step is like, why don't we go out and have fun together, skydive, or we train together all the time, why don't we socialize, you know? And that was my thought, like, maybe we can go skydiving, jump out of a plane together, you go through something like that, that builds a quick tightness, a quick yeah. friendship, you go through some adversity together. Yep. Uh, and just, I want to think of something to do every month with my boys and that group get bigger and bigger. Wouldn't it be awesome if we all, 12 of us, in our exotic cars on a road rally together and just living it up, you know? I've already been thinking about that. The, the guy at the dealership was talking about 149. It's a beautiful cruise through the, through the woods, the national forest up there, and like Huntsville type area. So we're definitely gonna hit that up here yeah. in the very near future. But you did touch on something that is important. <clears throat> and you always hear these stories of, it's lonely at the top. That's yeah. the story, it's lonely at the top. Well, as I've progressed throughout the seasons of my life and, and grown and, and worked my way up that ladder, not just in my career, but all aspects of life, 
I've gotten to that point like you, where there's not a lot of like-minded individuals at my level. And so right. it feels like, all right, we've got this triangle here that we're operating at and we're working our way up to the pinnacle and there's not as many people at the top or the pinnacle of this triangle. Yeah. But only recently have I come to learn and realize that we're still part of a much larger triangle that we're not really aware of or have visibility into. So while we might be here, there's a lot more room to go on this massive triangle. Yes. And the the challenge is figuring out how to get exposure to those other individuals. How do you build a community? How do you bring people up? How do you find new people to to start interacting with and spending time with and those people that are gonna push you, that are gonna hold you accountable, sometimes it means letting go of some of the people in your past to make room for these new individuals that are gonna help you continue to grow. Yeah. And while that can come across as harsh or oh, I'm better than you, it, it's not that, it's just, we all have aspirations to achieve more and we all have capabilities and limitations and where we're at, but, but ultimately we're here to see how good of a version of ourselves we can build. Right. And if we hang on to those that are dragging us down and keeping us from accomplishing the things that we're meant to accomplish, then we're doing ourselves a disservice and all of the others that we could positively impact and influence in our lives. We're also doing a disservice to those people. Yeah, that's so true. And I don't think it's such a, a negative thing to have some people leave your life because some people just aren't in the same spot on their journey as you. It's yeah. not that they're not going to the top. It's just I wouldn't have liked Dustin 10 years ago. He was at a different place in the journey where we're going to the same place, yeah. but we just weren't at, at different spots, you know? If I meet... So that's a really good yeah. point that I also want to touch on. When you... And I've only, again, started recently putting a considerable amount of thought into this, but when you start seeking out those individuals, it's important for you to find people that are at or near somewhat of a similar level to you, ideally maybe a couple of levels up, but if you and I were to walk into a room with Elon Musk or Alex Hormozy right. or any of these people that are not just one or two levels, but 30 levels above us, there's going to be some similarities, but it's there's going to be some communication challenges just because we're not operating at that level. And while we could garner some sort of guidance or, or gather some good information and learn some things from them, the reality is they're probably having to dumb things down so much right. that they're not getting anything out of the conversation. And maybe we're not even able to comprehend some of the things that they are talking about. Okay, well, we'll take our notes and go back and start working. But it, it does speak to the importance of working with people kind of within your level or maybe a few up so that they can pull you along with them. Not that we'd be able to just walk into a room with any of those people, but it's important to make sure that when we are seeking out those people to push us, that we're looking one or two rungs up the ladder and focusing there and building those relationships. Right. 
I mean, I think of it like rock climbing. You know, you may be up at the top and you hammered into the rock and now you're gonna pull me up and I'm gonna bypass you and then I'm gonna hammer in and I'm gonna yep. pull you up. But for Elon Musk, he's at the top of the mountain. Yeah. I'm at the bottom. Yep. It just wouldn't be right. Yeah. It's not in sequence. Yep. Um, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about buying a Porsche. Let's know. do it. Buying something like this. I was, I've been able to buy this at a financial level probably for the last five years or so. I just never did. I was never a car guy. And because of that, instead instead of spending this extra disposable income on something like this, I tried to do the smart thing. I invested, you know, I threw some in an index fund. I threw some in real estate. But now I feel like that was a mistake uh, because <clears throat> I keep saying people aren't listening to you, they're watching. And a lot of times, I have less credibility because I don't have all the visual trappings of success. So when I pull up to Thanksgiving in just a normal car, the people I'm trying to reach, like my niece, my nephew, my cousins, they may not be they may not listen to that guy. But if you pull up in your ZR1, you got their attention. And when you have their attention, you can tell them something because they're watching you. And that's kind of the reason I bought this car, just to invest in my family, my legacy, so that they can see Uncle Dustin has something going on. I wonder what he's doing. Maybe I should ask him. Yep. You know, maybe this, it shouldn't be that way, but maybe this gives me more street cred within my family, within the people that I want to help. And then of course, how do you balance that credibility with having to contend with people saying, oh, well, look at Dustin, he's got this flashy old car, ooh-wee. Like, how do, you, how do you contend with that? Because you're right, whenever you're able to showcase that you've accomplished some great things and hey, I can show you how to do it too, there's always gonna be those haters. There's always gonna be those people that think you're just being flashy, just flashing your money. I'm not going to try to balance it. I'm going to try to convince people that I have an awesome life by living an awesome life. Because I know if they get, if I can grab their attention and I can tell them self-investment and discipline got me all these things, yeah. all the stuff that you find interesting about me, it all came from getting my life right, from dropping the vices, you know, the porn, the alcohol, sleeping in all of this stuff came from getting my life right and when my life got better my world got better you know and, and i'm going to want people to be envious of this awesome life i'm living so i'm going to brag about this porsche every chance i get because i want people to to see that there's a better way to live out there and if they see me having an awesome life maybe that'll be the thing that causes them to open an ear towards me you know even if I gotta piss a few people off who probably don't matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always gonna be haters. Right. Right, and it, <laughs> I'm thinking of some of the haters that I've experienced in my life, and, and especially recently with having the podcast and some of the, the comments that are made. You know, it's hard to not take it personal. My immediate reaction is one of, 
defensive. Well, like f you. I'm over here trying to be the best version of myself, and if I if I fumbled my words or I messed this up, I'm human, right? Yeah. Are you perfect? No, you're not. However, I don't say any of that. It's all internalized. And then I immediately, or very shortly thereafter, come to this place of sympathy. How bad is their life to be lashing out and attacking a guy who's trying to be better? That's absolutely right. What kind of adversity are they currently going through that's prompting them to attack someone who's trying to help others? And it's very unfortunate, but usually what I'll try to do is respond and with some sort of kindness, I mean, obviously varying situations, but trying to respond in some sort of kindness, sometimes they never respond back. Other times they'll send me a direct message. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I had a rough life or I'm having this or I'm dealing with this right now. And, you know, I appreciate you saying this, Yeah, which is wild. But we need more of that in the world today. Absolutely, man. And, and it kind of goes back to kind of being unselfish, right? I want you to do better than me. Yeah. Okay. I want you to see what see what's possible and surpass me. Yep. And a year from now, I'm going to surpass you. And a year from now, you're going to surpass me. Yep. And one day, someone who really needs some change in their life is going to look at us like, what does Dustin and Sean have going on in their life that I can get some of that? And maybe we can change our whole family, dude. I got people in my family that are hurting, man. (laughs) And it's tough. We just don't have time to be selfish. This is urgent. I got people in my family that are dying of, of drug addictions and and there's just no more time to waste on on jealousy, on living less than you're capable of. If I become who I'm supposed to be, you know, maybe we can like change the lives that we need to change in the time that we have here. We can change the world. Maybe not the entire world, but we can change our world. Right. Our immediate spheres of influence. And it reaches beyond just our immediate sphere of influence. Because if you're able to positively impact the lives of the people in your family in a way where they can then positively impact the lives of some of their friends, you end up with this ripple effect and you end up having a much greater level of reach than you could possibly imagine. Yes, man, and and when you say that word reach, level of reach, it's so strange. I've been a, I was a state champion powerlifter, a national champion powerlifter. I've been one of the strongest people you know for years. The day I put my abs on Instagram, People I've been trying to reach for decades were in my stories, wanting to talk to me. And I was like, is that that all it would have taken? I would have done that years ago. I didn't know. Uh, The day I started posting about Porsche, people that I've been trying to reach for years are in my stories now, asking me questions. And it's like, I don't care. I don't care if you think I'm vain because I walk around with abs. I'm changing people's lives who I've been trying to reach for years 
who wouldn't listen to me any other way but with these abs. I don't care if you think I'm wasting money on this 9-11. Someone is talking to me now who never would have talked to me without it. And now we can reach them and begin to level up everyone around us. <laughs> Might as well just exit there. But... You know, as we talk about leveling up and you surpassing me, me surpassing you, this, this back and forth and this pushing each other. Whenever you told me we were going to be coming to pick up this car, I went and bought a brand new GoPro. Okay? I've had GoPro 9s. They work great. No, no major issues, but I thought, you know what? Hello. <laughs> okay. Okay, you were saying GoPro. <laughs> oh, I'm in wet mode. There we go. to cut and reshoot okay. that part. Okay, so That's you were okay. saying... <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that in the outtakes. Okay. <laughs> no, but when, whenever you talk about us leveling each other up and pushing and one year I'm winning, one year you're winning, I think the past few weeks have been a perfect example of this and how you called me up, hey, I'm going to go purchase this car. I'd love for you to come with me. Cool. You know what? I'm going to go buy a brand new GoPro. GoPro 12. I've been wanting to get it for a while, and what better reason to do it? I bought some extra accessories for it, right? Okay. While you were at the dealership, I called the dealership and started setting up a deal to pick up a TRX because I've been wanting a Dodge Ram TRX for a while and really looking forward to that being delivered. And, I, and while we're talking about cars and buying cool cars and fun stuff, but that's just a microcosm of how we can push each other. Yeah. We need to surround ourselves with excellence to push ourselves. And yes, we're talking about cars right now, but whenever it comes to building businesses, you and I have started having more legitimate business conversations than we have in a very long time. Right. We pulled another guy in to start having business conversations with us. And just that one session that you and Gray and I trained together, we started talking through things and it lit me on fire. Because now, I'm opening up and telling you what I'm gonna do. Now, it's real. Now, you are opening up and telling all of us what you're gonna do. Now, it's real. And that's all part of the process and part of why it's so crucial we've to surround yourself with excellence. Yep. We've spoken it into the universe. We've got accountability because someone who you respect now knows what you just said. Yep. Now you gotta cash that check that you just wrote with your mouth, you know? Yep. And that's how men get better. We need to be around men that we respect because we don't care if someone we don't look up to and admire and respect has something bad about to say about us. Mm -hmm. But damn it, if I'm gonna let Sean Barnes see me fail, <laughs> you're gonna know I went to hell and back before I failed, before I gave up. Yep. Uh, because that's all we have is our word. And the, your word spoken to a man who you respect, if you're a real one, that means something to you. 
You know, that's how we got here in business. I didn't have any connections. I didn't have any talent. I had my word and my balls. And I don't break them for nobody, dude. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Plus, uh, it almost sounds trivial. Dustin, you bought this car, so I went and bought this car. But the reality is, you and I are looking for an uncommon success. We're on an uncommon path. That's why it's so lonely. There's no engineer, lawyer, fitness experts out there I can no. network with, I can commiserate with. There's only other hard engineer, hard entrepreneurs yep. who are on their own incredibly difficult paths. Mm -hmm. You know, used. Uh, leaving your company, starting your own business. There just aren't a lot of people for us to model after. So we have to find each other. That yeah. is such a damn good point, right? Yes. So I've been at my corporate job, the, this particular company, for over a decade. And you and I have had conversations. We've known each other for a few years now. And we've had conversations, and I've always admired and respected your ability to live a life as an entrepreneur and I've always wanted to and over the years I've been building this thing on the side and had conversations with people and and talk to them about it well one day I'm gonna do this one day I'm gonna do this and finally I got to a point where I got tired of saying one day yeah. one day and damn it if I'm gonna compete with and hang out with and spend time with Dustin, I need to do what I say I'm gonna do. I had to make a decision to step away from my corporate job that was paying me very, very well and look into the abyss and eat glass for a little while and not make anywhere near what I made at my previous employer. And that's okay. Yeah. Because I have a vision, I have a mission, and a purpose that I'm on now. And eventually, the money will come. I'm not really worried about that. But my approach to building this business is how can I add value? How can I help you? Having a conversation just yesterday with somebody that left a, a corporate job to go somewhere else but he actually used to be one of the people on one of the teams that i led but he left this job and he went out on his own for a while as a contractor okay with the intent of being hired on full-time now what i shared with him was how impressed i was that he was betting on himself yeah he was leaving a w-2 job to go be a 1099 contractor, which there's not that security right. that comes with that W-2, in the hopes that he'll end up getting hired on full-time. And they had had conversations about what that, that role will look like, what the timeline would be for them hiring, but ultimately, he was stepping off and doing his own thing. And because I recently had done something similar, I had a newfound respect for this man. I was respecting him but a much greater level of respect because he bet on himself. Now I'm betting on myself. Part of that has been seeing what you've done, the life that you've built as an entrepreneur and knowing that it's gonna suck, it's gonna be hard, but that's exactly why I'm doing it. Yeah, that's a good 
point as to why we have to surround ourselves with other men like us because you being around me got it in your brain that it's possible yep i can live if one man can do it i can do it too and you're only going to get that by cultivating this community of successful men mm -hmm. and they don't just show up in your life you have to go look for them yeah. and in some certain ways there's a pecking order you have to prove yourself to them before they'll let you into that circle and some people they look for the obvious signs did Dustin show up in a 1986 Toyota Tercel but he claims to be the best marketing agency <laughs> in the world no he showed up in a black 911 Carrera T brand new <laughs> still had paper plates on it that's at least one credibility factor uh, you do have to look the part sometimes and that comes with your personal fitness it comes with the clothes you wear the car you show up in the girl on your arm the whole deal all of those things contribute to building a brand for Dustin yeah for Sean you and I have a brand for who we are that comes up to the clothes that we wear. You're, you're we're wearing your brand, yeah. your asset for Dustin Sanchez TV. I've got my Way of the Wolf shirt on here. We're building brands and the car, how we dress. I, I Whenever I go to events and speak, yeah, I'm wearing a suit. And you hear people talk about, well, look at Steve Jobs. All he wore was that, that black turtleneck and jeans for all of his events that, that he would host. And, and Mark Zuckerberg, he always he has a, a closet full of the same shirts because it saves him time in terms of making a decision on what to wear every day. Okay, well, again, they are at a much different level yeah. than we are. As you are on the ascent and building your own brand and building something great, great, you have to be able to look the part. You have to be able to show up in a professional way. To your point, if you showed up in an old Toyota Tercel and had some sort of a neck beard thing going on and we're just kind of this fat, lazy looking slob walking in in Crocs, people aren't gonna take you seriously. So right. take care of yourself and fitness is one aspect. You you mentioned on one of the first podcast that fitness is a cheat code for life. Yeah. Because you're building patterns, you're building habits around how to achieve something. You're learning discipline. That's what it's about. Yeah, adversity, you know, we don't have a bunch of wars to enlist in and we don't have rites of passage anymore for men. So for some men, the only rite of passage they'll experience, which is a crucial part of life, is going from fat to fit. You know, that's their rite of passage. Uh, we have sought to remove anything that makes men harder from society today. Rites of passage, you name it and fitness can give a man looking for direction that first rite of passage and who knows where it can lead you know it's crazy how a lot of times men end up in this softened state they're weak they're fat they're out of shape go to a nine to five job where they hate their boss they're miserable and it's not intentional it's just settling for mediocrity in life and it takes some sort of significant 
life event to get them to recognize what has actually happened. And a lot of the, the most potent and powerful fitness transformations, a woman broke a man's heart. Right. Like just wrecked his life or the loss of a family member or there's a, a number of reasons why, but whatever the reason is, once you go on that journey, you can't stop. And you start seeking, maybe not intentionally seeking out people at first, but you start finding yourself around these other men. And then you start developing this idea of, you know, maybe I need to do more of this. Maybe I can be better. And so it's unfortunate that that adversity is the trigger yeah. that can push us to be better. But a lot of successful people came from adversity. Yeah, that is actually the sign of a well-developed man. Because I could have broke up with her and went on a drinking binge. Mm -hmm. I could have broke up with her and went on a freaking three-month porn bender. Yep. Uh, what I did do was I broke up with her and got ripped to shreds. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that shouldn't be that way. Yeah. You should have a woman in your life who when she leaves your life, your life gets worse. If yeah. your woman leaves your life and you instantly get better, something was wrong with her. Yeah. You should have been shredded the whole time and y'all should have been leveling each other up the, the whole way. Yeah. If you leave someone's life, man or woman, and that person's life instantly improves, they get ripped a month later, mm -hmm. something was wrong with you. You were the weak link. Yeah. You were holding them down. But listen, man. We're gonna go to my house and you're gonna drive the rest of the way from your house. <laughs> oh, 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 my from my man. house to your house. My man. Okay. All right. So the, the topic of this show is gonna shift real quickly. I'm gonna share my experiences. Um, Great. My goodness. Okay, Dustin, my man. We're gonna get like I, a group I can just photo. See it now. I can just see it now. I'm gonna get to the house and I'm gonna have to buy my own Porsche. <laughs> oh man. That's what I want. <laughs> so that all your neighbors like, what does this guy do? Yeah. And then you're like, I make people's lives better for a living. Yeah. How's your life, man? I don't sell drugs, I promise. I don't know who Lee Kaplan is. Oh, that's that Okay, so we're going to shift the topic of the conversation a little bit. We're going to start talking about this beautiful machine and my experience. This supercar and supercar experience is new for Dustin. He's never had one in his life. It's beautiful BMW sitting in the driveway now, but this is the first actual supercar he's had. I, on the other hand, have been big into racing cars and fast cars for my entire life. I've got the ZR1, which has been on the channel before. It's a lot of fun. This is a different caliber of car, quite frankly. The ZR1 is an absolute monster powerhouse of a car. I think it right now it sits around 730 rear wheel horsepower, so well over 830, maybe 850 at the flywheel. It is a monster. This car is much more refined and beautiful. And it's just, the, the leather in here is so nice. The quality of the interior, everything, it just looks and feels fancy. And, and it's a luxury automobile that also 
will haul ass. So that's unique. That is beautiful about this car. I've always heard how great Porsches handle. I've never driven one, never even been in one. Honestly, haven't really looked at them all that close. I'm already impressed. So we spent a good half hour, maybe even more, driving to Dustin's house and he tossed me the keys and now we're gonna take it to my house. But I wanna share a little bit about my experiences in driving this car so far. Sounds surprisingly good. It's and is it an inline? No, how's this configuration? So okay, flat six. Flat six, which I'm I'm embarrassing myself and my lack of knowledge of these engines. I was watching a YouTube video of this car just this morning. So tell me a little bit about the horsepower. This is a twin turbo setup, right? I believe so. It's only about mm. 380 horsepower. Okay, all mm. right. But it gets up and goes. Do you know how much yeah. the car weighs? That Low 3,000 pounds. That's pretty light. Pretty okay. lightweight car. And I think it's rear-wheel drive. It's not an all-wheel drive rear car. Wheel, yeah. yeah, okay. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I don't know if it was intentional, but when we were recording earlier, Justin or Dustin had to actually get in front of somebody and maybe <laughs> got a little excessive just to get in front of somebody. But, right. but that's okay. It sounded badass. It was a lot of fun. It caught my attention. We were talking about actually cutting that clip out, but we might leave it in <laughs> because it was so badass and so much fun. Okay, so we're driving through town right now. We had some good conversations talking about life and being a, a high caliber or high value man. This is a good topic. I think that this term, high value man, is being thrown around a lot these days. And it triggers some people. Because some people think high value man means, oh, well, they make a lot of money. And, and that's all you care about. No, no, no. I think it's much different than that. So whenever I ask you, what is a high value man? What comes to mind for you? Man, I think about the kid who left the Navy in 2001 and the freaking crucible he had to go through to get here that many other men would have quit years ago. The, the number of ground zeros where I had to just start from nothing over and over over the last 20 years. When you see someone, or at least when you see me driving this Porsche, it's not that I had the money to drive it. It's that I had, the, I had to become the person who could pull this out of thin air, right? Like I said, no connections, no talent. Just, I'm gonna work until something happens I'm gonna work until it works and I'm not gonna deviate from the plan that is what a high-value man is man I've been through the fire and I over the last 20 years I pulled myself from nothing from zero bank account to someone who could I could buy two of these I lost this same amount of money in a bad investment last year it didn't bother me it's not the money it's that I became the person who was able to do that when you build those skills and you become the man that's able to do that you can lose all of the money what's important is you've become the man that can build it all again because you've developed those skills 
you have the grit, the determination, the tenacity, and the skills. All of that culminates into this high-value man that is able to accomplish great things in life. You don't have to be an asshole if you're a high-value man. I have a tremendous amount of respect for you and everything that you've accomplished, and hey, you're not an ass. I actually enjoy hanging go. out with you and, and spending time with you. And, you know, I used to think that money would corrupt people and turn them into assholes. And, and now, as you've accumulated some wealth, um, I'm doing okay, and I think that what I now see is as I've leveled up and had more exposure to people that have more wealth, I'm gonna make the argument that money just brings out more of who you already are. Right. It doesn't corrupt you, it doesn't turn you into an ass. If you're already an ass, you're just gonna be more of an asshole when you get more money. <clears throat> that sucks. But for those of you that are watching this content and thinking, oh well, okay, Dustin makes all this money, Sean does this, and it's not like that at all because the right people are gonna lift you up. And we've been talking all, spending a lot of time talking about lifting others up. And uh, it's just, it's interesting how this, the way society is going nowadays, it seems like there's so much negativity and trying to bring others down and like, it's tough, it can be overwhelming, especially for people like you that, that want to help, that want to positively influence lives. It's uh, it's unfortunate, but we gotta stay on the course, stay on the mission. Yeah, especially for men, because nobody gets triggered when you say high value woman. Not a single no. person gets triggered when you say high value woman. Right? What determines a woman's worth? I'm not going to say because I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> okay. Please, we're just starting this channel. Let's not get canceled. <laughs> I have an internet business. I don't want to get canceled. Okay. I All will right. say that women are given their worth and it's theirs to lose. Men start with zero worth and it's theirs to earn. So the argument is women need to preserve their worth. Men need to create their worth. Yeah. That's fair. Right, and in creating that worth, sometimes it looks like money, right? The thing is, when you talk about money, I didn't steal this money. I created so much value and gave so much value to the world that the world gave back to me a little bit. There are lawyers out there on vacation right now because I woke up this morning. There are lawyers out there who would lose their entire business if I didn't wake up tomorrow morning. You know, um, I feed a lot of families and I don't have my own family. I give value to the world and the world repays me with health, with love, and yes, with money. You know, the world, when you give value to the world, the world's gonna pay you with some things. And one of those things is money. If you don't have a lot of money, it is possible that you're not contributing a ton of value to your fellow man. Now, that comment could trigger some folks. So, 
I think it's important to elaborate a little bit on that and say that if you don't have money, it does not mean you're not contributing. It means there's opportunities for you to do more. And it might yeah. feel like you are killing yourself working 70, 80 more hours a week. How on earth can I do more? This is where it's important to start looking at efficiencies in your life. How can you increase your productivity? And if you think about productivity as unit of output per unit of time, and then start figuring out how do I increase my productivity? Are there things that I can do differently? And an example that I'm gonna use is actually a journey that I've been on recently with editing the podcast. For those of you that have been watching the podcast, whenever I have a guest on the show, I've got multiple camera angles where the guest has full frame and I have full frame when each of us are talking. I used to do all of that manually in iMovie. It was a steep learning curve for some of the other video editing tools. I just never took the time. And so an hour long episode could take me an hour to an hour and a half to actually edit. Not the best use of my time. I finally started doing some research on, can I leverage AI to make my life easier? And so I ended up buying Premiere Pro and a AI plugin to Premiere Pro where I could sync up the audio, the video, and basically a few little clicks, hit go, and an AI tool would take an hour long episode and chop it up, set the cameras, it took 90 seconds for it to do what used to take me an hour to an hour and a half. So there's a lot of people that will be fearful of losing their job with this AI revolution, talking about generative AI and how that's gonna impact their lives. I'm gonna argue to shift that perspective and say, how can this make my life better? How can I do more with this tool? I now freed up an extra hour and a half of time a week now, if I choose to use that extra time to watch Netflix, then I'm doing something wrong. I need to choose to reallocate that time into something meaningful to help more people and help more lives or do something in the gym or, 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 or make sure that when you do get increases in your productivity by figuring things out, that you're using it in the right way and in, in a meaningful way. Way. So it is important if you feel like you're stuck and you're struggling, it doesn't have to be that way. You need to start working smarter, not harder. My grandfather always used to tell me that and I used to think that he was brilliant, but I learned later in life that that is a common phrase that a lot of people have said. And so while I still think that was pretty slick, I appreciate him teaching me that. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, and a lot of times, working smarter, not harder, it's about what you don't do, right? Like you editing your videos. If every five minutes you stop to scroll, you're just gonna, you're yeah. losing time. Same thing, I quit drinking a long time ago. When I quit spending every Sunday and Monday recovering from a hangover, I bought back some of my time and I was able to leapfrog all of my drinking buddies because yeah. they were still wasting that time. Yeah. Uh, that You can say that with any vice and over 
over 20 years, that extra time, extra productivity, it compounds to where a lot of times it compounds in money. And if money isn't good for anything else, it's good for buying back your time. Yep. You know, I spend all day just thinking because I don't have anything to do because I've bought my time back. I, I have employees who run the business, you know, and I, if I'm not working out, I'm thinking about how to get more clients on my training program. Uh, I've managed to buy back my time by dropping the vices of alcohol, of porn, of anxiety, of worry, all of these things. The same way you can save your time by using artificial intelligence when you edit a video and not scrolling every five seconds, you can save more life. Substitute the word time with the word life. You can save more of your life by dropping the vices that distract you from making yourself better. Alright, let's get back onto this car. I, I'm i not going to lie. I didn't, I wasn't sure I was going to like it. Yeah. Okay. The seat, the way it bolsters your sides here and, and oh, yeah. hugs you. Uh, okay, also important, if you are obese, this seat is not going to be comfortable for you. Yeah. So, another plug for being in shape. But the seat is actually extremely comfortable. I don't know if it has... There's so much technology in here. I don't know if yeah. it has heated and cooled seats and stuff like that, but um, I, I would probably get into a wreck if I started playing with buttons, but I am gonna twist this knob here and see. Oh, sport code, sport plus, oh, all right. So let's calm it down here a little bit, go back to normal. I wanted to have it in sport plus, but it was too loud. That's why I was driving in wet mode the whole okay. way. <laughs> the motor, I didn't know if the camera would pick us does, up. Does it open up the exhaust when you go into Sport, Sport Plus? Yeah. Yeah. See that red light came on? The exhaust is oh. open. Now the fender, the flipper's up. Oh. Got up to 60 miles an hour really quick there. Like a go kart. <laughs> yeah. Really fast. <laughs> yeah. Really quick sprint to 60 right there because we don't break the laws here. Okay. All right. What made you decide 911? You know, when I was a kid, my mom gave me a Hot Wheels 911 when I was like maybe four or five, and I played with that thing until I was probably seven and I just fell in love with Porsche yep. you know and I I'm I'm not wouldn't call myself a car guy but I always thought if I was gonna buy a cool car it would be a Porsche 911 you know and I've just that one little Hot Wheels from when I was four or five years old got me into it it's kind of funny how things like that from our formative years yeah stick with us right and and it's become this milestone and achievement for you so many years later in in life mm. yeah it's a way of keeping score like you want to be an aware person but i can't say like i've reached level six of awareness i've made it you want to be disciplined but i don't have anything where i can say I've achieved level 17 of discipline. 
and this Porsche is like an embodiment. It's something you can see. I've reached a position in life where I was able to accomplish something. I drive this thing. It just is a, that's kind of what I, it's like, you want to be honest, you want to have integrity, but there's no way of keeping score. Like, uh, I reached level 17 of integrity. When you started looking for Porsches, because there's a lot of different models of them, obviously, did you know what specifically you wanted? Or was it something that you just kind of started doing a little bit of research, started started seeing which models you liked and were drawn to? I'm sure you did a lot of YouTubing and, and research on them. What was that process like for you? I always thought I wanted the GTS. And if I could have anyone, it would be the Targa GTS. Uh, but I was a little hesitant to get a Targa, a convertible in Houston with our humidity and heat. And, you know, I didn't want a turbo. I've never even driven a fast car before, you know. I wanted like a starter fast yeah. car. And the guy said, they don't always make the Carrera T. The last time they made it was, I think, 2017. And so this is a rare Porsche. And he said it's a good driver's car, like for a pure driver. It doesn't have a lot of the electronic stuff that some of the other ones do. Yeah. Uh, so I so said, let's do it. And when did you start looking? How long did it take from when you decided, I'm gonna pull the trigger to today? Uh, probably like a week. <laughs> the hardest part was getting a Porsche dealership in Houston, Texas to call me back. I must have called three of them and then I got on Google to look for every Porsche dealership in Houston and the River Oaks people were the first people to call me back. That was the hardest part, was getting someone to call me back. Okay, what's interesting about that is that seems to be a theme throughout a lot of dealerships. As I've been looking for a TRX, well, TRX, Raptor R, I actually was looking at the Silverado ZR2s, not really the same level truck of the Raptor R or the TRX, but I've been looking at these trucks for a little while now, and I, I found a few TRXs, there, there were a couple Lunar Editions, which is just a special edition. It's a different paint code, and there's blue stitching on the interior, which, I mean, okay, come on, that's on point for me. And so I started calling, having conversations with them, and they wanted to, every one of them wanted to do a $20,000 market adjustment, wow. saying, oh, well, these are rare. Well, interestingly, there's three of them right now sitting on lots across the country. So, so rare. And they've been sitting there for a while. So how rare are they really? And so I messaged them this, at various points, phone calls, text messages, emails. And there's one in Houston that I started working with. And they basically said, well, come on in. It's going to be delivered on Monday. Come take a look at it. We'll figure it out. And I was like, all right, cool. So just to be clear, you're going to sell it to me for MSRP. <laughs> well, come on in. We'll take a look at it. We'll figure it out. And I said, I'm not going to waste my time right. driving down there if you're not going to sell it at MSRP. I'll go find another truck somewhere. And there was back and forth, back and forth. And finally, I just sent this all over text. I said, I need you to stop dodging the question, will you sell this to me at MSRP? No response. Oh, man. Then Monday comes around, and the internet sales manager calls. So I understand you're interested in this truck. I was like, yeah, I, I was, but 
for some reason you guys aren't willing to sell it at MSRP. You want to mark it up. And he said, Well, I'm not I'm not married to any vehicle. So if you like if you want to come in, let's make a deal. I was like, all right, well that's interesting. I said, okay, well I'll head on up there. He said, Well, it's not gonna be here until next Wednesday. I was like, oh, man. He's like, We have a yellow one here. You wanna come look at it? I was like, I no, I don't want a yellow in any event. So that was frustrating. And then two days after that, someone else called me and said, hey, I understand it was the general manager for the dealership. Oh, yeah. I understand you're looking for this truck. And I said, yes, but I've been getting messed. No, I'm sorry. It was over text message. He sends me a text message. I'm the general manager. I understand you're looking at it. And I said, yes. Are you going to sell it to me at SMRP? I'm not going to drive down there if you're not going to do it. And he said, well, come on in. I said, look, here's the deal. If you have somebody that's willing to come in and pay cash for a $120,000 truck, stop wasting their time. Right. You going back and forth and not answering questions and trying to convince them to make a trip down so that you can work a deal, it's just pissing me off because time, yes, time is important. Right. And, and I, I said a little bit of feedback. Again, if somebody's gonna come pay cash for a $120,000 truck, don't waste their time because they're never gonna do business with you again and then they're gonna tell everybody and I'm telling the world right now that it's not worth it. Don't haggle with prices and a lot of salesmen, they find themselves in a situation where they happen to have this dream car on the lot and so they think they can stick it to you no, and people just, fall for it or that well this is the one and I used to be that guy man I used to I have to have this car but not anymore once you start flipping into that abundance mindset yeah instead of a scarcity mindset your life shifts your life changes and you no longer have to worry about feeling pressured into any sort of situation Absolutely. but it's that abundance mindset that so many people struggle to to get to yeah, I hear you. All right, well, it's wet out here, so I can't really open this thing up, which is sad and unfortunate. If it was dry, we'd, we'd rip into this a little bit, but we're gonna play it safe, because it's your first day oh, thanks. I with this that. beautiful car. <laughs> and I just don't know if I have the heart to end up in a ditch and say, oh, well, you got insurance, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that's not, that would not be a good a good situation. All right, man. Well, we've been recording for quite a, probably an hour and a half now. Uh, ooh, it did get a little bit dry. Let's just, I'm gonna leave this in normal mode and we'll just see if we can. Now, the shifting, it's, the power comes on so smooth. The shifting is smooth. Car just tucks down and and moves, and it doesn't pull either way. It's just like straight. Yeah, it, I mean it is very easy to control and comfortable. I mean right now I've got one hand on the steering wheel, but I, I realistically could have just kept one hand on the steering wheel. Now, whenever I can drive again, I'll take you for a ride in my ZR1. It is not that way. <laughs> I promise you, it <laughs> is like riding a bull. It's just a wild ass ride, but this is so clean and pure and refined. This is, are you gonna daily drive this? No. No? Okay. Well, you could. Maybe if you every want other to. daily. There you go. There you go. <laughs> 
on on sunny days. I don't even drive a car every day, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, on sunny days. We've had 80 sunny days here in Houston. Right. And then today it rained, the day right. you bought your car. So, so you're helping kind of get a little bit of green grass and, and helping some folks on that front here. Yeah. So we appreciate you. You're so welcome. you're always giving back. Absolutely welcome, Houston. <laughs> Hope your grass gets greener. Yeah. All right, we're gonna unwrap this up. We're gonna have all of Dustin's contact information in the show notes. I'm probably gonna put this on the Way of the Wolf and the Wolf Supercar channel. It's a little bit long for the Wolf Supercar channel, but that's really what the focus of that channel is all about. Having conversations with high value man, entrepreneurs, legit people that are putting their dent in the universe, checking out their cars and just having a good time. So y'all go check out Dustin Sanchez TV on all social media. Work with him if you get the opportunity. This man knows his stuff. Let's change some lives. Bye everybody.